0: Talking Heads is brought to you by the SeatGeek app, the smartest way to buy and sell tickets for your favorite sports team. Download the SeatGeek app and enter our code TALKING for $20 off your first purchase. We're also sponsored by FanDuel, the leader in one-week fantasy football with more winners and more payouts than any other site. Enter promo code TALKING at FANDUEL.com to enter a risk-free tournament for up to 10 bucks. What does 24-0 mean when the run came only one quarter into a regular season that is long? In most cases nothing but in this case everything it means everyone needs to shut up and watch what happens next and welcome into the latest edition of talking the heads i'm bram weinstein
1: in my basement in connecticut mark stern is in washington dc hello mark i am indeed and not that we we talk weather a lot i gotta tell you as you're a dc guy it's like 70 degrees here right now and it's mid december and people are like i want a white christmas i want some snow and i'm like shut the f up okay why don't you shut up (laughs) <laughs> How about this? I wore short sleeves and shorts this weekend and I was happy about it.
0: Yeah, we um we took our kids outside on our front lawn and played on Saturday because it was 63 here and I was <laughs> laughing. I tweeted out like this picture of like weather.com and it had Vegas at 55 and Bloomfield, <laughs> Connecticut at 63. <laughs> so there was some kind of weird occurrence that is happening in our universe right now, but I love it because yeah. typically around this time of year where I am, it's in the 20s or 30s at most. There's probably snow on the ground. I don't yeah. know what's happening, and I'm not following weather closely enough to have any understanding of what's happening. But this is amazing, and I hope it's like this forever.
1: <laughs> right. I'm I'm completely fine with this. I really am. It's good. You know me. I've got a convertible, and when I can drive with the top down in December, something's going right in my life. Well, I mean, listen, you know, you want
0: to wait Christmas? Like We're Americans. Make fake snow, put it right. on the ground, and shut up.
1: Yeah, yeah, enough said.
0: It's just that simple. Um, so the Warriors uh, started the season 24-0 and lost uh, to Milwaukee. So their streak ends. Um Did you you see the the NBA schedule uh, almost ensured that they were going to lose at some point? They had played on the East Coast against Boston and won in double overtime, had to get on a plane, fly to Milwaukee, probably got there at who knows what time to play the next night against a good team. And oh, by the way, they lost. Oh, big surprise. I don't care how good you are, you can't survive something like that. So, unfortunately, the schedule continues to not allow for teams to have any kind of real run at history during a regular season, although Golden State's was amazing in its own right. As it comes to an end now, how do you kind of look back on what Golden State did to start
1: the season? I thought it was unbelievable. I, it's one of the great runs and great streaks I've seen in professional sports. I mean, I mean, obviously we all look back on what the Patriots did, and, and we're seeing what Carolina's doing right now, which is, which is remarkable. Although for some reason, it keeps falling. I, I keep thinking, well, they're not that good or they're playing crap teams. So I don't give Carolina as much credit as I was given the Warriors because the Warriors were just blowing people out and Steph Curry is hitting shots from outside the gym and they're playing with such joy and energy. And somebody else made this comment. I can't remember who said this. But they seem to be playing every game, sort of like the Bulls did back in their great run in the 90s. They seem to play every game like it's Game 7 of the NBA Finals. And that sort of energy, the crowd picks up on it. And, and I don't know, did you see, did you get to watch the game on Friday night with the Celtics? I saw very. I saw highlights. I didn't see much of it. But I,
0: I thought that was a danger game anyway. The Celtics are a little bit better than people think. It's West Coast team playing on the East Coast. I mean, that's always a danger game for for any team, even if they are as good as the Warriors are,
1: but they, but the Warriors are Warriors are the best team in basketball. They really are. Oh, and, there's and, no doubt about that. Yeah, right. and the there's Celtics. No doubt about that. Celtics are a good team, but they brought the Warriors brought the best out in the Celtics that night, and it felt like a playoff game. And I'm not I'm not the hugest NBA guy in November, December, January. I mean, I love the playoffs, and I love when things get down to that area of it. But that felt like a playoff game, and it was so fun all the way through it. And and I'm a Celtics guy, and I was pissed they lost. But you know what? It was a brilliant game. So I have loved everything about this Warriors run. And you, you hinted about it, you know, in the open. We got g- great things to expect for this team for the rest of the season. I do. Uh, you know, in, in general, the NBA. Whenever,
0: whenever there's some streak that that comes, that starts or comes to an end before the turn of the new year. It typically is pointless, you know, for what's going to happen because the playoffs don't start for another five months and the finals aren't for another six or seven. So... That's eons from now. There are so many things that could possibly happen between now and then between trades and teams upgrading themselves to try to compete with them to injuries. Clay Thompson's been in and out of their lineup. You know, their coach is going to come back. They're 24 and one without him. Is that going to be weird when Steve Kerr eventually does come back and actually coaches them? So there's so many things that are going to occur over the next five, six months. Most of the time, I don't think this is a big deal, but I am a big believer in psychology in sports. I, I think it's an underrated facet of, of team sports in particular. It, it, I think everyone pays very close attention to it in solo sports, like Tiger Woods has messed up mentally ever since what happened on Thanksgiving five, six years ago with his wife, that it ruined his game. And then injuries came along and ruined it even more. But everyone focuses in on the psychology of the solo sports. Very rarely they touch on it. They call it chemistry, whatever they want to call it. I believe... And I've talked to a lot of coaches about this, that the psychology of a team is equally as important to their potential success rate than just about anything else. And I believe that the Warriors started this season, not only because they're a really good team um, this way, but because everyone told them in the offseason that they were lucky to win last year. That, and they took that to heart and got angry about it. And I don't know whether they can make this last throughout an entire season, or whether you can keep a chip on your shoulder when you've basically shut everybody up in December because you're 24-0 and basically no one's ever done that. But I believe that their psychology was altered in the offseason by teams like the Clippers and pundits who came out there and just said, well, you know, Kevin Durant was hurt, and, you know, this was an off year for San Antonio, and, you know, had Cleveland been healthy in the finals, they probably would have beat him anyway. Everyone dismissed the fact that they won last year. And I think they had the biggest chip any champion has ever had on their shoulder, and for good reason, and they've used it.
1: No, yeah, you're right. LeBron even commented He said something to the effect of, talking about his own team, the Cavaliers, is like, we're playing like we just won two championships in a row, and we're fat and happy. And the Warriors are playing like they missed the playoffs for the last 10 years in a row. He's like, we need to get their level of hunger, because that's how we need to play every single day. So, yeah, what it, it's a great point that you bring up about the the mindset and the chemistry of a group effort. It is so much easier. We talk. I mean, it's easy to look at Tyson back in his day. He would intimidate people. I mean, it, he when he had that confidence level, he was just scaring people out of the gym before. I mean, he before they even got into the ring. And and the Warriors are bringing that same sort of level of intimidation. And hey, we are better than you. And all of us are working together to make sure that we're not letting anything slip through the cracks. And that's everyone else's
0: fault. That's what that's. This is everyone else's fault for, for going at them in the offseason saying you didn't deserve it. So, when I hear coaches say, don't say things like that, and we always <laughs> dismiss it like, oh, what does that really mean? Who cares? It's just bulletin board fodder, gives us the media things to talk about. In this case, I think it was true. Yeah. these guys got pissed, these guys were like, excuse me. We won the championship. We were the best team in our conference a year ago. We got to the finals. We beat LeBron. Shut up. Like, what in the world else could we have done? It's not our fault Kevin Durant got hurt. It's not our fault San Antonio wasn't good last year. That's their fault. You know, we won, and everyone is sitting here trying to tell us that we're the weakest champion there has been in some time. Get out of here. And I I really believe that that has a lot to do with the way this team started and that they didn't need – clearly, they didn't even need a coach. They were so motivated to play well because, no offense, Luke Walton, you're not their coach. And so here they are,
1: and they don't even need a coach, and they get to this point. The fact that they don't have a coach – they don't even seem to need one. They're just like, yeah, you know what? We know what we're doing. We're angry, and we're going to go out and beat the world. It reminds me, Bram, a little bit of the way the Patriots came out of the gate at the beginning of this year when everyone was like, doesn't matter. You guys cheated through the playoffs last year. You guys cheat all the time. You guys, Everything you guys have is tainted, and you guys aren't worthy of being champs. I know you won the Super Bowl, Tom, and that's great, but you guys are cheating, and none of it really matters. And what did they do to start the season? They came, and they blew the doors off Everybody, and it wasn't until Edelman and Gronkowski and like the entire offensive line got hurt that they started to come back to earth. But you see what they're doing when they're healthy, and I don't think there is a more motivated guy, maybe other than the Warriors, than Tom Brady. He's like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to prove to everybody that I am the greatest quarterback, and we're going to win it again. Just to have that awkward moment when Goodell hands me the Lombardi Trophy again, and I can look him in the eye and say, "Yeah, we're done with you. Okay, just go get me some more ice or something like that, Roger." Okay. Yeah, well, you know, after it was after
0: Spygate that they went sixteen and zero. They got pissed. They wanted to prove everybody. And I, I believe this year, I, I think when it's all said and done, if you ask Tom Brady the question, if he'll answer it honestly, I think he will tell you he's disappointed they didn't go undefeated. Because I think to your yeah. point, he wanted to to shut everybody up. To say, oh, yeah, really? You think a little deflation in a couple footballs is the reason why we won a Super Bowl <laughs> right. last year? Explain how we went 19-0, asshole. Yeah. Explain that one. I would love to hear how we cheated to get that. And I'm a year older, and our guys got hurt during the year. I would love to hear that. The, the other story I want to get to here, um, and, and this is this would go to motivation too, if it was possible to piss off a horse, which I don't think it is possible to do. But I would wonder if American Pharoah had the same sensibilities of a human and had the same level of understanding that he got slighted by Sports Illustrated, whether he would want to race next year to shut everybody up again. Yeah, he's coming back. On- <laughs> well, maybe they can. I don't know. He just can't communicate it to me. But it's possible that he's sitting here going, let me race these little donkeys next year and show you how good I really <laughs> (laughs) really (laughs) really am because no horse has ever done what he did which is won the grand slam of horse racing we hadn't had a horse win the triple crown since the late 1970s the breeders cup didn't exist at that point now the breeders cup comes out and the zayat stable group allowed him to run in the breeders cup classic and he won that too so this is something that may never be replicated and there was an online poll that Sports Illustrated put up and said who do you think should be sportsman, sports person, sports animal I guess of the year and in a runaway American Pharaoh won that vote but when the cover came out Serena Williams was on the cover yes. as sports person of the year and I'm not suggesting she's not worthy of that I'm just saying as the Zayats tweeted they said why are you running a poll if the results are going to be ignored? This is BS and I think they're actually right about that that American Pharaoh, if he could be pissed off maybe he is maybe he isn't should be pissed off today because the public said you're the sports thing of the year but nobody for some reason at sports illustrated is going to
1: give you that title it's a load of crap it's a total load of crap that American Pharoah wasn't the sports thing of the year, the sports horse of the year, whatever you want to call sports it. Sports thing of the year. Yeah. Sports thing of the year, yes. Sports thing of the year. <laughs> this is German television. There is sports thing of the year. It's wunderbar. We have a horse here. His name is American Pharoah. We Und love him. American Pharoah. Run, horse, run. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, man, like what you said- his horse had done something that had never been done before. It, was, it probably won't be done again. Right. It's be remarkable. it probably
0: won't be done again. Serena. Because the truth is, even if another horse comes along and wins the Triple Crown, their owners in general will stop them from racing at that point, and he wouldn't even run in the Breeders' Cup
1: Classic. Right. They'll be like, no, 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 no. We get more money studding the horse out, so we're not going to deal with any of that. Now, to take nothing away from Serena, who had a marvelous year, but guess what? She lost in the U.S. Open. I mean, that's no shame in that. She had a terrific year, but she lost. She didn't complete the Grand Slam. She didn't do anything remarkable, okay? This, to me, would be like, you know what? Ronda Rousey had a pretty good year up until that loss, so yeah, let's just give her the thing.
0: No. You are dismissing the fact that she won three straight Grand Slam tournaments in that's this great. year year. Suggesting she did nothing remarkable.
1: No, no, that's great, <laughs> but that's great, but it's not the Grand Slam. Okay. Okay, but I mean, like, let's be let's be clear here for a moment. That's really hard to do, and it, almost nobody does it. Okay, but people have done it. <laughs> Steffi Graf has won the won the Grand Slam before. I mean, it, I mean, this is something. I mean, for me, when you compare it, American Pharoah completed something that was really, really tough, and Serena came up just a little bit short. So I'm sorry. In my, my measuring system, and my screwed up head, the horse is better than Serena. I, I
0: actually believe this should come down to which sport, because these are two sports that are niche sports, really. Yes. That they're only really followed during major yes. events. Like, you know, no one's watching the, the ATP Tour in Cincinnati, okay? Just like, you know, people aren't watching Saturday at the races at Belmont in April. You know, it's just, it's just not happening for either one of them. American Pharaoh altered their perception of the sport for a period of time serena williams did not because largely because well serena williams has been doing this for a long time and so that's kind of unfair to make that comparison she's been doing this for over a decade where she's been a dominant force and her winning grand slam tournaments is nothing new but the way she was going about it it would seem that it would have drawn a different level of interest and it did but not to the degree that horse racing was changed this year and the interest level was um was carried over from what is typically a three event year for them into an entire summer for them and i believe that that horse and those people deserved it based on that merit alone that their sport which is really from yesteryear in turn in terms of like public consumption was for a period of time the biggest events on earth and no matter what sarita did as great as she is that did not alter the u.s open this year in fact it did not alter in my view like make it a must watch type of situation unlike the breeders cup classic where america actually tuned in to see if he would win that race
1: american pharaoh bled over into every other aspect of life people who are not sports fans like the any of those races that american pharaoh was in People who don't give a crap about sports were like, ooh, it, it wins the race. we got to watch the race. we got to watch the race. I'm rooting for American Pharaoh, It drew people in from all walks of life that were pulling for this horse. And like you said, Serena, great year. I, again, I, I probably did shortchange her a little bit, but you know what? It's a great year. But she wasn't, it wasn't like, let's stop our lives and watch this because this is something we haven't seen, and I want to see history. And what American Pharaoh accomplished was making history – and, right. and the horse should have been rewarded for that. And uh, listen, the horse doesn't care. The horse is a pretty good deal. The horse is going to go have sex for the rest of his life and run around <laughs> and not give a crap about anything. I'm just going to whip him or anything like that. He's just he's going to have sex. That's essentially what his deal is now. So he's got a good deal. He's not pissed about this. But on behalf of American Pharaoh, I'm pissed. Yeah. Well, I'm pissed I'm not being paid to have sex. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am
0: unemployed, so there's an idea there. You know, well, for talk me. to me. But talk I've to me never won any races. In, in any forum, any races, I've never won one. Never won a race. Running, driving, flying, any race. No, crawling, no race. Never won a race. So they probably don't want to do that
1: with me. Well, I'll give you a stud fee if you really want one. $3. <laughs> you want $3. $3, you get anything, man. Anything, man.
0: The NBA kicked itself into high gear early this season. How about this for a pair of games on Thursday? Kevin Durant and the Thunder take on LeBron in Cleveland. One day later, it's Steph Curry and the Warriors looking for revenge against the Bucks, who just ended their crazy 28-game win streak on Saturday. SeatGeek is the best way to find a great deal, and using my code, talking, urge you $20 via a credit by check or PayPal on SeatGeek. You can also sell your extra tickets to other fans. They pull all ticket buying and selling options from other ticket sites into one place to save you time. They know the fair market value of every ticket. They use that information to show you the best deals and help you find underpriced seats. If you have tickets you can't use, SeatGeek will help you quickly sell them. And if you hate those sneaky fees at the end, SeatGeek has the lowest fees of any ticket site out there and always shows you the full price up front. So to redeem your promo code and get your 20 bucks, download the free SeatGeek app today. Enter promo code TALKING in the app. SeatGeek Geek will then send you $20 once you've made your first SeatGeek purchase for the NBA, the NFL, or the best concerts. Use the SeatGeek app and don't forget to enter our code TALKING for $20 back. And welcome back to Talking Heads. I'm Bram Weitstein alongside Mark Stern. So um, the NFL um, is heading into the home stretch here. And here's what now is standing out to me that well, one in the NFC East, which I I still since my childhood was based around either one of the four teams, Redskins, Giants, Cowboys or Eagles being dominant at some point in time, if not multiple ones, you know, the fact that they all stink is really, really difficult to try to kind of comprehend and understand. But one of them it seems at best is going to be eight and eight. So if you had to pick one of them right now to get to the playoffs, which one of these clunkers do you like?
1: Uh, I'm not saying this to Curry favorite with you, Bram, but I like the Redskins. Well, you're an idiot then. <laughs> you know. I like the Redskins because, they, uh, listen, I, I'm not impressed with the win. Listen, they won for the first time in the road against Chicago, and it's a nice win, and it was a little bit you know tighter. <laughs> they probably needed to make it at the end, but they get that win, and that's a big win for them. Now they're playing Buffalo at home. They play very well at home. Buffalo, what is Buffalo's record right now? They're six and seven. They might be on the outside looking in. This, in fact, they probably are on the outside looking in. So, what do they have left to play for in this game? And quite frankly, I mean, Philly. If they, it, Philly scares you a little bit. I think Philly is starting to come together. That win against New England was terrific and completely unexpected. And I think the Giants. Okay, we're taping this as of this taping. The Giants haven't played Miami. Yeah. I, f- I fully expect the Giants to lose the game in the last minute of this game tonight because that's what they've been doing all year. And I just think. Oh, I think they're the, going to the, win
0: against Miami. I'll I'll state on the record. I think they're going to win that game. I think they're a much better team than Miami.
1: Which is. would put all the which would put those three teams at six and seven. Now Washington's got to go on the road against Philly and on the road against Dallas. I think Dallas is going to be absolutely mailing in at the end of that, even with the rivalry with those two teams. I still think Washington's going to win that game, and I think they've got enough to win that division. I think it's going to be the Giants. I think they're
0: going to win against the Dolphins. We'll find out if I'm wrong in a few hours here with that one. Uh, they're going to end with Philadelphia, which I think is going to end up being a pseudo-playoff game for the two of them, and the Redskins I just don't trust. Week to week, I don't know what I'm going to get from them. I guess you could say that about any of these teams, but the Giants, I feel like, should have a better record than they do. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and if, if if So, I think the cream and eventually rises up here, and I think they are the best of the four teams. Dallas' excuse is a number of injuries, but yes, uh, I think they are the best excuse. So we'll see, we'll see how it plays out. But I got the Giants eking in at like eight and eight or seven and nine. I think it's possible that one of them is going to be seven and nine. This thing's turned upside down to the point of this. I think I said this to you two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. I said. The Jaguars are as good as, as just about any team in the NFL that they are i' I've, I've just you know unfortunately, my TV schedule has happened upon me watching them a few times this year <laughs> right. I don't know why, but it has and as it turned out, I became quite the expert on Jacksonville Jaguars football, and in my viewpoint and I've covered this league for a long time, so I think it's a moderately educated viewpoint on this, I was watching them and going they're as good as just about anybody, except for the handful of teams that we agree are the real contenders. And here they are at 5-8, and eight, one game back of both Houston and Indianapolis, and they're going to end the season with Houston. And if they were to win that game, they would have a better division record. Therefore, they would have the tiebreak with Houston. I'm calling this now. The Jacksonville Jaguars are going to win their stupid division, and they're going to be in the playoffs. <laughs>
1: Um, uh, you have one over on me because I have not seen a whole lot of the Jacksonville Jaguars and I am guilty of just sort of like sliding them off my desk and being like, whatever, you're the Jaguars. You guys suck. I'm not going to pay attention to you. And then you look up and you're like, wait a minute, they're five and eight. How the hell did these guys get to five and eight? And in that division, listen, the Colts without luck. And I don't know what the hell's going on with that team this year because they were supposed to be a hell of a lot better than they are right now. The Texans. You know, they started off crappy, they win some games, they lose. They don't have a quarterback. Yeah. Okay, well, they don't have a quarterback.
0: If you don't have yeah. a quarterback, you can't win. The truth is, Jacksonville does have a quarterback. Bortles is very good. Is he really that good? Yes. You've seen him play, and he's really good? The people show these highlights of him. There was one a couple of weeks ago where he threw two passes where he was five yards over the line of scrimmage, so they're like, idiot, you know? And they're like, what a moron, did that twice in the same game. I, You know, I'm telling you, he's got average receivers and an average run game and they score points quickly. He is wow. very good. He's the prototypical look. If you have the opportunity to watch them, he's big, he can move, he's got an incredible arm, and he's only getting better. I, if, honestly, their upside in that crappy division is very high. Like yeah. moving forward, very, very high, and I think if they end up getting some kind of playoff experience as a seven and nine team or whatever they end up being, is going to be detrimental to everybody around them because Bortles, I think, is on the verge of being a really, really, really high level NFL quarterback.
1: Yeah, I just didn't see that coming, and 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 you know, listen, five and eight in that division, it's weak enough, and Indy's not showing anything like I said, Houston, and I think Hoyer didn't Hoyer get a concussion last night or something like that. Is he done? I don't know. I don't even think it matters. They, just, they literally have no yeah. quarterback.
0: They yeah. just don't have a so. quarterback. It doesn't matter for them. So I'm calling the Jaguars. And then the other one I'm starting to call, because things have turned upside down, is this one. Kansas City started 1-5. They're 8-5. Denver, by virtue of some miracle, somehow lost um, to Oakland, despite um, holding the Raiders to negative yardage in a half, and somehow lost a game at home. In the, I, don't, I don't know how that happened, so this is going to be interesting as it goes because Denver has to go to Pittsburgh, which is easily a losable game for them. Ooh, if Kansas good. City were to win and Denver were to lose, they'd be one game back and they split with them, and they'd have the opportunity to potentially have a better division record thanks to that Oakland loss that Denver had. Yesterday, so Kansas City could put a lot of pressure on them and steal that division late, and then that discussion of Brock Osweiler has to be the quarterback moving forward. If they blow as big a division lead as they had with Brock Osweiler quarterback, everyone's going to be go, going to be crying at the feet of Peyton that when the playoffs come
1: around, that he's going to have to be the quarterback again. Well, I think they're already starting to whisper that. I think they're already like, "Hey Peyton, how you feeling? Can you come back?" I think they're. I mean, they're at least kicking the tires on that to see when when and if he might be ready again. And that's what's amazing about this league to me. It's such a week-to-week league because a week ago you are like, wow, you know what, Denver's in prime position to get home field throughout the playoffs. And now, like you said, Kansas City's breathing right down their necks and they've won seven in a row and they are looking like world beaters and you're thinking, wow, maybe maybe Denver isn't that team that we thought they were. Yeah,
0: so we'll see how it plays out. All right, quick recap for you. I have to give you this. Um, my buddy, Matt Dick, so you'll actually hear on a lot of Panoply um, uh, podcasts, he's on the Gist a lot. Uh, he's an author, does, writes great books. Uh, Perfect Comeback of um, Caroline Jacobs is his latest, and it's an amazing book. You should get it out there. Um, he's a Patriots season ticket holder. Remember last week, we basically crucified them for booing their team at halftime of a 14-14 yes. game? So I'm like, I can't believe I heard this, and I railed on the Patriots fans. I'm like, this is, you guys have it too good if you're booing your team. It's 10-1, and, and they're tied at 14. So he heard this, and he wrote to me, and he goes... He goes. He has upper deck seats, so he goes, he wrote me a bunch, a series of texts, and he goes, he writes this, he goes, from my friend who was sitting on the 50-yard line, 15 rows up. No question in my mind that there was booing. It was a group surrounding the tunnel to my left. They were booing the Eagles. Another friend from another part of the stadium. They were booing the Eagles as they crossed the field, headed to the tunnel. The Eagles were acting like assholes. Another one, quote, uh, quote, I heard boos, but it's not clear what they were for. Definitely not widespread. Uh, Another. I was too busy swearing about the fucking block punt to hear it. Another. It was a tie game and we're 10 and 1. Who the fuck would boo a team for that? But I was already in the bathroom. I heard nothing. So he sent me these series of texts that I, I now take as, you know what? I think I was wrong here. I think it's possible that all those boos I heard might have been for the Eagles, who may as well have been acting like assholes when they were exiting right. the field. I don't know. The TV didn't show me that. And this is what I get for running my mouth after taking what is limited information and going, how in the world could the home team be booed in a 14-14 game when they're 10-1? and one? That doesn't make any sense. You guys are assholes. And it turns out I might be wrong. And therefore, off of this information of someone who was on the ground, I apologize to the fans of New England if the Eagles were indeed acting like assholes and that's what you were booing. Fine. I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah. Well, I sort of reached a harsh down on him as well. Uh, If that is the case, yes, I apologize to the the proud fans of New England. Um, And by the way, not a surprise that, you know, You you know how I feel about, you know, all things Philadelphia. Would not stun me if the Eagles were acting like assholes. And it wouldn't, you know. So if that's what they're booing at, then more power to them. Because it seems completely, completely unbelievable to be booing that team under those circumstances.
0: Yep. We suck. As you were. Yes. How'd your fantasy football team do this year? Are you in your semifinals of your league? Are you still in it? Great part about playing fantasy sports now is that you don't play in just one league. You can play in a bunch. And on FanDuel.com, when you use my code talking, you can play... A risk-free tournament in fantasy football, basketball, or hockey for up to 10 bucks, And if you win, you keep the money. If you lose, FanDuel's going to refund your account, guaranteed. If you had Russell Wilson this week, you are sitting pretty right now. What happened to him? Oh, my God. Fantasy owners who were smart enough to pick up Ted Ginn, like me, but didn't start him, that was dumb, are wondering why the rest of us didn't even see it coming. Think you know fantasy football? Come prove it at FanDuel. Building a team is easy, fun, just pick your players, stay under the cap. Entry fees start at just a buck. There's a league for everybody. They offer everything. They offer everything. NFL, NBA, NHL. You can play fantasy sports for real cash any night of the week. It's not just for large tournaments. You can set up a private league and play anywhere, anytime. To get started, go to FanDuel.com. Click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner. Use the code TALKING and sign up now. Here's a great new offer for my listeners. If you enter a league and you don't win, FanDuel will refund your money. That's any tournament you want, up to 10 bucks. You can sign up on FanDuel.com using my code TALKING and then make a deposit, choose your league, and if you don't win, You'll get the money right back in your account for more play. The only way to get this no-lose offer is to go to FanDuel.com. Click on the microphone and use my code TALKING. FanDuel.com, where it can finally pay to be a fan. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Try it out today. And if you want to win your fantasy football league, the SI Fantasy Football Podcast has the tips and rankings to keep you ahead of the competition. Hear the SI Fantasy Football Podcast with Michael Beller, released twice a week on iTunes, Stitcher, and SI.com backslash podcast and welcome back to talking heads bram weinstein in my basement in connecticut mark stern is in washington dc there was a story in the washington post um this week mark um uh, That described all the what is called dead money uh, that schools are paying out coaches who get fired. There were a lot of high profile positions that opened up this year. USC fired Steve Sarkeesian. They're now in court with Steve Sarkeesian. I'd like to uh, ding the bell on how smart we were weeks in advance saying I'm not sure that's legal. And Sarkeesian agrees with us and he is now suing the school over that. Uh, What else came open this year? South Carolina came open this year. Uh, Oh, my God. I mean, Why am I forgetting all the ones that came up? There's a ton of high-profile openings, and they've started all started to get filled. Maryland came open um, this year, but a number of high-profile openings came, came up, and that means a lot of coaches lost their jobs and a lot of coaches that make a lot of money. And in 2014, the Washington Post found out, and this is 2015, so I don't know what the number is this year, but in 2014, the number accelerated... Um, for appreciation was $28 million that schools are spending on coaches who don't work for them anymore, $28 million. And the gist of the story was this. It's not only that they're paying this money out, it's that the students pay fees to the athletic department for the right to buy tickets and to basically have these things on their campus. And so the post is making the connection that the students in some way are paying for these people to not be coaching their teams because the teams weren't good on the field, and how abhorrent that is that the students would flip the bill for high priced coaching salaries.
1: The other thing that killed me about this, and it was a very well written column um, in the Washington Post. I'm trying to scroll this to the top who uh, who did this, um, but it's where they start off and they talk about all the different coaches, and like, yeah, uh, Ron Zook. million. Spent a year trying his new career in banking. Working on his water skiing in Florida. Jeff Jeff Tedford from UK, you know, University of California, 1.8 million while he took off a year in uh, vacation in New Zealand. And then the guy we love, Fridge, uh, two million dollars when he tried out retirement, played a lot of golf, and cruised the South Carolina coastline and his twenty foot twenty-four foot whaler, fishing with the fridge. This is by Will Hobson and Stephen Rich of the Post. And when and that's great because it hooks you in. And the outrage that just boiled through my blood when I read that. And it's like you don't want to begrudge somebody because obviously they have a great agent, you know, and it was a great deal. But it's like the irresponsibility of these ADs to just say, all right, screw it. We'll just pay him off and bring a new guy in. And I think it was Kansas that kept doing this over and over and over again, the point where they owe so much money. And that football program hasn't really gotten that much better. And you're like, the hell are you guys doing? Well, you know, too, and this is not unlike the story with with,
0: um, ESPN and everyone's freaking out over Um, the cord cutters and what that does to their business model, whether you like it or not, if you are in a package with a distributor, whether it's satellite or cable television, you are paying ESPN a certain amount of money a month just to have the right to have it, whether you watch them or not. And in the same way at universities, you're paying this number whether you go to these games or not or whether you care that it's there or not. And I think the point of this was kind of pointing out, here's how the business model works. It's not just ticket sales and television revenue, but the students are flipping the bill. And for someone to come out and say, well, you know, that's not where that money comes from. Well, you can't delineate which pile of money you're using to pay off the (laughs) guy who's not coaching the team anymore. If you collected it and it's in your athletic department, then we can make the jump to the conclusion that you use some of it for that. And how abhorrent that is that there's some math student who's never been to a football game in his life who's paying for Ralph Friesian to go fishing on his stupid boat.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, and I love that guy. No, 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 no. We don't touch that money. That that money goes for other stuff. That's No, it's like, really? That's in your big room with a big pile of cash, and you're just pulling out and saying, all right, let's pay off Ron Zook. Yeah. Or how about this? How about the deal that Randy Edsel got? He just cut that extension, and yes. like three months later, they're like, eh, actually, we're going to fire you. But here's $2.6 million. I mean, that's $2. just- $2.6 million, That's just, yes. I mean, the 80, it's, I think it's Kevin Anderson at Maryland, right? Is, yes. Yeah. yeah. How is he not fired? I mean, that's such an irresponsible decision. Because you probably have to pay him $2.6 million to go right. away. <laughs> and what was it, Charlie Weiss? Between all the different jobs that he's been fired from, he's yeah. just like $25 million coming to him, and they're like, just stay away. You know what? Don't come near here. You know, there there is a reality here, though.
0: Listen, these people have reached the top of their profession. This is what the salary is. It's It's a market. Yes. We're in America. You're allowed to make whatever the market bears, and that's what it is. And, God. you know, the school that has to put a premium on, is it worth it for us to cut this money, to get someone else in here to try to rejuvenate and sell more tickets or whatever we want to do? And that's their prerogative to do that. It's just the NCAA time and time again just kind of points out um, uh, ways in which that the public is screwed. And, you know, I always I always get into this the fight that I get, you know, uh, when I hear people actually put up this fight for the players and they go, they should be paid. Well, The players aren't asking to be paid. And that's the part of the story that seems to go kind of underreported. We're just grandstanding saying, well, all this money's coming in. You have all this money to pay off some guy who's not even in the program anymore. You could have taken that $2.6 million and divvied it out among the players, and they could have utilized that money because they need it more than the guy who's making $2.6 million to do nothing. But the players aren't the ones complaining about this. Like, Northwestern tried to unionize, and when it failed— Did you hear a word this entire season out of Northwestern about it? Not one piece. Not a single word. Yeah. They're the ones that tried to be trailblazers and they were like, oh, we can't do that? Oh, okay. Like, (laughs) just like back down so quickly as if they didn't care to do it in the first place. And all these other players, like, do you hear any of them? Saying this is baloney. We're not playing this weekend. You guys are making so much money in, and we we break a rule. If someone gives us 50 bucks, you know, to go hang out and sign an autograph for somebody, we get in trouble. Now we can't play anymore. That's breaking a rule. if We get 50 bucks, but you can give that guy $2.6 million for going three and nine and not being here any longer. Well they're not doing that. So why should I stand up for the players and yell and scream that this is inequitable and this is wrong and that the schools are doing their student body
1: wrong by doing this when they're not standing up and doing it for themselves. No, it's a great point. I mean, I, I it does sort of outrage me, but then you look up and you're like you're like leading the charge. You're like, "Yeah, right guys." And you look back and you're like, "We no. I mean, there's no Oh, you guys are still playing yeah. for
0: nothing? Right. Oh, okay. okay.
1: All right, then I guess I'll just shut up then. But, you know, it just it seems it seems as if the system is not really working the way it should. And and again, I'm going to go back to the ads. I think I mean I don't know what kind of deal those guys have, but to me, it seems like those guys should be held a lot more accountable. And when you hear stuff, when they're like like at Maryland, and I say Maryland a lot because listen, I live in the D.C. area, and that that's that's the the college I know the most around here. It's like oh, we got to cut back on all these all these athletic programs because we just don't have the money for it. Well, then why the hell are you paying randy edsel do you think randy edsel was right. the answer everybody knew he sucked okay he wasn't turning. everybody hated him and he wasn't turning the program around you sign him extension you fire him three months later and yet we can't have like you know i don't know wrestling or or i don't know any kind of like gymnastics or whatever kind of fringe sports in in the college world they're like no we can't have any of those things but we can blow this money on a guy who's not here anymore i mean it,
0: i god you know like it's a state-run institution I, I would think the state has to ro- step in and say the students can't pay for this. Yes, you know, they, they, and that you know a private school, I guess, could just kind of do whatever they want. But yes. I think I think the state needs to it needs to step up and say, listen, you can't collect money to pay off a coach. You, you just you cannot do that. That's not fair. the 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 student body should not have to pay for what in in essence is a mistake on the part of the athletic department in hiring this particular person in the first place. And the reality is this too, not everybody can win. Okay. You know, right. people are going to lose, which means people are going to be fired in these big schools. They draw a lot of revenue if their teams win, that's the reality of it. And so they have to make some changes. And I understand all of that. They have to make changes, but the students should never have to pay for that. You know, I, I think if donors want to give up money for that, that's their prerogative to give up money for that. If the athletic department generates enough money to, to warrant buying someone out without taking money, money out of a pool that the student body put money into then i'm okay with that but don't tell me like don't tell me that it's not being used for that if you have the money at your disposal, if it's there for you to use and you can use it any way we see fit and we the media can look at it and say you used it for that because it was there and available for that so it's not a shell game right so don't try to pretend that it is with us like don't tell me this pile of money is for something else that's not necessarily true
1: well, if we're talking about ways to to creative ways to raise money for the student body, because maybe they're getting screwed over here, I think I got a great idea. I know this father son team that was in on some some chicken wings. Oh God! <laughs> you know the story we're oh, talking about. Oh my
0: God! There's a, what was it Time or was it?
1: I saw it on Esquire,
0: but I think they were quoting a story on Time that a father son <laughs> team have figured right. out a way to steal. 41,000 chicken wings and
1: resell them and not pay for them? They were working at a restaurant, as I understand. I can't remember what town this was in, but they were working at a restaurant and they would order the chicken wings through the restaurant. And the chicken wings would come in and they, you know, then they would, before they would be logged into the restaurant, I guess, they would just cart them out back and then they would sell chicken wings on the street, which raises the <laughs> question in my mind, Bram. How many times are you walking down the street and guy goes, hey, how you doing? Hey, come over here. You like chicken wings? Yeah, yeah, I got something for you. Hey, Ten bucks. Ten bucks for a hundred. That's all you need. All right, there you go. Come hey, on. Let me talk to you for a second. You like chicken wings? <laughs> Would you hey. buy meat from a guy in a van on a street? Well, you know, have you been to New
0: York? Because, you know, there's a lot of meat on the street sales that go on there. Right. Where they get it from, I don't know. But I mean, like, let's – okay, so let's say – like, I can't believe it took this long to figure this out. Like, the restaurant's getting a bill from the chicken wing people, and they're going – um, where's the money for the 41,000 chicken wings we sold you? And they're like, what are you talking about? And meantime, Jeff and his son Steve have been outside for weeks, literally down the block, selling chicken wings on the street.
1: Got your wings right here. Hot wings, <laughs> hot wings. All the we wings
0: over. No, those aren't your wings. Different wings.
1: <laughs> no, nah, different wings. Nah, these it's different are th- wings. We got a chicken farm bag in a bag of new poppin'. No, nah, it's great. Stevie, Stevie, hey, show them the yeah. wings. All right, there you go.
0: Yeah, look at these wings. These wings, you wouldn't get that from that place. These are different wings, <laughs> the better. <laughs> I mean, it's just that level of criminality never goes out of style, you know, because it's just it's it's like. It's smart and stupid all at the same time. It's like the idea you have when you were extraordinarily high. You're like, you know what? I bet you they wouldn't notice a box of chicken wings going missing if we took them. Right. Which turned into two boxes of chicken wings, which turned into
1: eight boxes of chicken wings, which turned into 41,000 chicken wings. Right. Right. Well they keep they don't catch us, say hey, pop. I think we should keep going until they catch us, you know? Yeah.
0: I mean You're like, yeah, uh we'll be in every Tuesday at seven AM, but then we're gonna miss Wednesdays because we're both sick. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't work Wednesdays, all right? Yeah. 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 We'll no, be I- there
0: every Tuesday, 7 a.m. when the chicken wings show up. We'll be there to unload them for you. But Wednesdays we're sick.
1: Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> they come to his dad, they're like hey, are we really moving through this many chicken wings? Because the, the, the money doesn't seem... Whew. No, yeah, we'll a lot of them a bad. you got to throw them out. Yeah, it's no good, but we get... Well, the this... best would be if the restaurant didn't even sell chicken wings. <laughs> <So> they're like... <laughs>
0: Why did we order so many chicken wings?
1: We don't even sell chicken wings here. I'm telling you, people are going to love them. We just got to keep stocking them. Eh, Just keep stocking them up. I'm ready. We're going to hoard them. We're going to hoard them until
0: the other places
1: run out of chicken wings. And we're going to sell them here for a lot of money. Right. You're (laughs) going to come to me and you're going to say, now we're the chicken wing gods. Okay? We're going to be the kings of chicken wings. And you're going to thank me for this. So we just got to keep ordering them and we'll stockpile them and it's going to be great. You yeah, go what? look at the freezer. They're back there somewhere. When was the last time you were in the freezer? Go look. They're <laughs> yeah. back there somewhere. Hey, hey, Stevie. Yeah, you saw them, right? Yeah, my son's not <laughs> a liar. He saw them. All right, come on. The chicken wings are around <laughs> here somewhere. All right, come on. It is just such a dumb plot. And I mean,
0: the, the fact that these two, it's a family-run thing, and they're Yo, thinking yeah. about it, and this is this is their legacy, is they're going to be the guys that stole chicken wings. Yeah. I mean, they stole poultry. <laughs> <laughs> and not even a smart way. <laughs> like, go rob the distributor. Don't do it through the restaurant where you're bound to get caught because there's going to be a bill that shows up for
1: the meat. I just, you know, uh, you know, the first day in the joint with those guys. So, so what are you in for? Yeah, I stole chicken wings. How many? 41000 Wow, you're pretty ambitious. Well, right. in that case, let me bow to you, because I only stole one car. Yeah, I was a car thief, but hey, you know, you're doing all right there with the chicken wings, yeah. pal. Good stuff. I tried to steal a Fiero. Okay. As it turns out, they're hard to get into.
0: Who knew? I didn't even think the person would want it anymore. But you stealing 41000 chicken wings,
1: you are a mastermind, sir. Oh, my God. That's so great. And by the yeah, way... We- The mom, if there is a mom involved in this, she is yelling at the husband so bad. What's the husband's name again? Richie or something like that? I don't know. know. Richie, you son of a bitch! I told you not to get Stevie involved in this! Now you're both going to jail, this stupid chicken wig thing! I told you it was a terrible idea! I told you about the stupid chicken wigs, you stupid moron! (laughs) You motherfucker, now you're going to jail! You both of you! You and your hot sauce! The
0: judge, judge has to listen to this. How many chicken wings did you steal? 41,000?
1: The hell, Jeez. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Can Your I Honor. speak
0: to the general manager of the restaurant, please? Yeah. yeah. Did you order 41,000 chicken wings?
1: Or did this go on for months, yeah. moron? Yeah. I, are you a moron, Mr. General Manager? Yes, sir, I oh, am. I'm, I'm very stupid. Yes. Thank you. Yes. I am
0: guilty of being a moron. Yes. Yes,
1: I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. I hired Woo. these two guys. Doesn't that speak for itself? Yeah.
0: Uh, You know, things change in media, but what will always be interesting is dumb criminals. Nothing ever tops dumb criminals. It's
1: my favorite story.
0: And these chicken wing guys, I can't decide whether they're smart or dumb. I'm going with the dumb side either way. (laughs) I mean, if if your lot in life is I'm going to steal chicken wings, you've sat around the the dinner table and plotted how you're going to do it, and you got away with it to the point you did, maybe you're smart. God bless them. All right, well, I'm going to go get some wings down at the local (laughs) joint. Have a good week. (laughs) They're going to be delicious, I bet.